Good day and welcome one and all to season four, episode two of the Point 99 podcast. For anyone joining us for the very first time, who are the Point 99 podcast? Well, we're a running podcast created by runners for runners. If you're new to running, we hope to have guests, topics and discussions that will help you along whatever path your journey is taking. For any seasoned runners or listeners, maybe we'll have some stories that will have you empathising with our experiences and predicaments. Whether it's lessons we've learned during our own journeys, embarrassing stories or heartstring pulling moments. We hope you'll stick with us while we try share some good vibes, motivation and positivity. And hopefully we can have a laugh along the way. If you like what you hear today, the best way to support the podcast and give me that good old dopamine rush is to firstly do what you're doing right now. Download or stream the show. Secondly, a quick share with your family and friends on social media stories alongside a tag. Well, that wouldn't go amiss either. These are just some cost-free and quick things that can make it all the more worthwhile. You can find the show on all major podcast platforms of choice. Let's say your friends don't like using Apple or on the flip side hate using Spotify. There's always an alternative for those folks. You can also find every episode of the podcast streamable via our website at thepoint99podcast.com. There is an inbuilt player on the episodes page. Social media wise, we're on both Instagram and Facebook. Just search for The Point 99 Podcast. Finally, if you want to get in contact, you can always leave a comment, drop into any of the different pages, DMs, or you can email us at thepoint99podcast at gmail.com. Sales pitch done and dusted early in this episode as I'm never entirely convinced anyone listens all the way through to the outro tune. Let's get on with the show, however, and find out how the past week has been. I've had a fairly productive seven days of fitness since episode one. I'm keeping it fairly consistent with some solid strength and conditioning work. After the progress of last year, I'm looking to capitalise on the benefits that these sorts of sessions can bring. Running itself has been okay, nothing far different from my usual. I've just been trying to dodge the horrendous weather conditions and high winds. I'm a typical fair weather runner now. I used to embrace the cold weather and historically loved running in it, but with a much lower body fat percentage than in any other year, I'm really feeling the cold. So for me, it's roll on to the hotter weather. Show-wise, I had what I feel was a super fluid discussion with this week's guest earlier last week, taking full advantage of a slot in his busy diary. I'm looking forward to sharing this man's story and what is to come in his 2024 calendar. Before we get to any of that though, let's finish covering some missed news and the happenings from within the wider community. So I'm playing a bit of catch up on something I missed from the first episode. In early November, I reached out to some of the biggest supporters of the podcast those who week on week show their appreciation for the show and arranged a wee mail drop. It was just something small, but enough to show my appreciation. Sadly, it appears that not all of the mail made it to all the final destinations, so I can only apologise if you were contacted, but seemingly nothing turned up. Royal Mail at its very best is all I can say. It is something that I'm looking to replicate over the course of this year and each series going forward in a roundabout way to connect with the audience a bit more. I know that my geographic location does prevent any actual in-person connection or showings of appreciation, but it's just one way I can give back. So keep up the support 
the likes, the comments and the shares. And hopefully I can get even bigger tokens sent out to those shining community stars. Community wise, things are still quite quiet on the ground with the start of the year. There have been a handful of events taking place, but nothing super significant so far. The cross country season is still in full swing, which is maybe something I should look into covering a bit more, if nothing more than to give a bit of variety to the pavement pounding or trail thrashing listeners. One regular listener was, however, in action at a sizable event on far flung shores. Jace, better known as the Edinburgh Runner, hopped over to the medial marathon Sevilla, otherwise known as Seville to URI, which is marketed as being the flattest half marathon in Europe for a cheeky half push. It wasn't completely smooth sailing for him. He'd booked his flights, he'd booked his accommodation, but he'd left the event booking a little bit too late and missed out on securing a spot. Undeterred, Jace popped over and, as Jace always seems to do, managed to blag a race number. He assures me it was never in doubt and that he doesn't mess about. Race-wise, that certainly seems to be the case, as he scored a personal record and was very, very close to beating that 130 mark. The lad certainly has it in him, but coming back from a few recent weeks of illness and setbacks, he did an absolutely amazing job. Moving on and to cover the question that I set to you in episode one and also on social media. I asked last week, did you set a New Year's running resolution? And if you did, what was it? And has it been broken or is it still going strong? I may as well kick things off with Jace's response. So as I say, the Edinburgh runner. And he says his New Year's resolution was to tell Mike Houston, previous guest, three times a week to grow up. And that's still going strong. My previous partner in crime, Runnerman Steve, was on to say that he set his New Year's resolution of running a sub 3.30 at London. Although illness has stolen a week of that off of him from his training perspective, but he's also got a non-running goal to get a new job and that has been achieved. Congratulations, buddy. I'm so pleased for you. I think we've already had a little back and forth on that as well, but uh, fingers crossed all goes well with London. I know that you've got it in you. You just need to get over those mental obstacles that have maybe been a little bit of a setback in the past. And otherwise known as DC Born to Run, has set the goal to run a thousand miles this year. He's also joined Personal Challenge or Personal Bests Challenge on Strava to make sure that he gets there. It's, I think in a way it's a little challenge that Al's set to encourage others, but also to give them motivation as well. A runner who is actually local to where I am, known as the running Fran underscore, is trying to do 100 miles a month as her resolution. So far, so good. Now, I follow Fran and I'm pretty sure that she's going to knock it out of the park and do well in advance of 100 miles a month. Good old Jimmy Bunner has been on to say that his resolution is to use this year's ultras as training for a 100 miler next year. He's still running, so he thinks that he's winning. I would definitely agree with you there, Jimmy. All the best for the ultras this year and fingers crossed for a 100 miler next year. Next week's guest did drop in to put their running resolution in as well, but I'm not going to say who that is. You might be able to figure it out yourselves, but they are still going strong. But will let us know in five weeks whether or not it is been a success or whether it is broken but we'll find that out next week as well Stuart runs a lot has been in to say that his resolution was to improve his stretching and not to hate it when he misses a session now I can agree with you there Stuart I do feel sometimes a little bit hard on myself if I don't go out on my Tuesday Thursday Sunday slots but if I don't go out for a run it's, it's no biggie I can always get another day 
the weather hasn't been great for me and I have been kind of a little bit hard on myself, but you just have to kind of let it go a little bit and just relax. We do it for fun. We shouldn't really make it into a job or too heavy of an addiction. Now, finally, we have previous guest and super inspirational man, the Kilsyth underscore runner, Bob Burrell. And his resolution is to be more consistent. No excuses, just do the work and stack the weeks. Hear, hear, Bob. I myself need to get away from excuses, but at the same time, sometimes you just have to drop an event, drop a week and just have a good bit of rest. There's one thing being consistent, but then there's one thing going over the top and you need to listen to your body. And I think that was something that both you and I did last year. We didn't listen to our bodies and we suffered the consequences. So all the best and I'll keep my fingers crossed for everything that you've all put there. With that out of the way, I will be setting another question before the end of the episode. So stay tuned after the guest interview to find out what that is. But with that all being said, let's get on to today's guest. This man was recommended as a potential guest by several listeners, but he was also on my hit list of people I wanted to get on and speak to myself. His work ethic towards his running and the content of progression that he shares is always inspiring, at least for me, but also for many others. For me, I also wanted to know a little bit more about a running event that he put together last year, which proved to be a huge success. Enough waffling though, let's hop over to the interview I had and learn a little bit more about Mr. Runright himself, David Wright. Next into the hot seat, we welcome a man who epitomizes dedication to the grind with daily examples of what it really takes to progress towards your running goals. But as a level two UKA coach, you'd expect nothing less. Having kicked off his running journey in 2020, his progress has seen a steady and regular improvement, showcasing that hard work and graft really do pay off, especially as he's carved a path through the finishing order to lead the way, culminating in a sizable podium place finish in his 2023 race calendar as a result. But no matter if he's powering out those speedy sessions, coaching clients or helping the junior athletes of tomorrow find their formative steps into running, he does it all with a radiant smile. So join me in welcoming a man who transcends running, who has a race named after him and who will more than likely continue to top those podiums in 2024. Fingers crossed. It is the one and only Mr. Runright himself, David Wright. How's it going, dude? Wow, well, that was some intro. <laughs> I learned from the best of them. I, I appreciate your kind words. Um, I don't think I could have thought as many things as that. So that was uh, that was really impressive. <laughs> oh, it, take, it takes a bit of it takes a bit of thinking to get that, and then rewording it about 15, 20 times to get it to that sort of point. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for um, having me on. It's quite nice to hear that more than one or two people are actually interested in what I've got to say. So yeah, it's uh, it's great to be here. As as I said to David just before we hit record, his name has come up a few times in the DMs to get him on, and he was on my list of people to ask. Um, so I'm just so I'm so glad that he's he's able to give me a slot in his diary today. So uh, hopefully, over the next thirty to forty minutes, we can we can cover as much as possible about your running, David. Yeah, that sounds good. I've not really done too many things like this in the past. I've done a, a brief recording on the Scottish Running Podcast when I held the Run Right 5k event um, but other than that I've not really done much beyond my social media pages so um, yeah it's quite quite new to me as well. Watch the floodgates open now you'll be asked by everyone. Has <laughs> <laughs> the start of the year treated you well so far? Yeah very much so I've um, I had a, a very rocky 2023 um, I had a couple of injuries which kept me out each for around about two months um, and then trying to get fitness back in between and after those injuries was just really difficult um, and I had a couple of planned minor operations at the end of last year as well so basically the full year was pretty much a, a write-off up until um, October um, but this year I've um, 
started well from probably about mid to late December. Uh, and yeah, I've had a good block of training so far towards um, a half marathon, which I'm planning on doing in March. So yeah, it's been a really good start to the year. A bit of a roller coaster then last year. Hopefully it's smooth sailing this year. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, like you said in the intro, I'd, I only took up running in 2020. So um, I was fairly inexperienced and I had that sort of initial uh, improvement, which is great. And you can see like your time's coming down and everything was going really well and didn't really have many injuries, niggles, etc. So, yeah, last year was a real learning curve for me. And um, if anything, it kind of pushed me into doing quite a, the, quite a few of the extra stuff I've done beyond my own running around the coaching qualifications and trying to learn a bit more um, about the technical side of, of running as well. So, yeah, it's, um, it was it was a hard year, but it was, it was a good one to learn from. That's a good place to start, though. Like we've both mentioned the 2020 there. It's always best to start at the beginning. So could you... Uh, for the audience, uh, kick things off with that kind of bit of context of your background with sport. Then, um, I believe from what another Edinburgh runner has told me, you were a bit of a football player before. There may have been some interest in hairstyles as well. But can you uh, <laughs> tell us how it all started off for you, even if it's as far back as like your school days and and kind of beyond? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I would very loosely use the term football player, but um, <laughs> football was always my main passion when I was growing up. Um, I played from like very young age all the way through to um, to sort of junior football level. Um, I think I finished that when I was about 22. Um, but that, that was always the main thing for me. Um, I had a couple of indications in sort of earlier years that I probably should have given um, running more of a try but being the um being so interested in football and wanting to try and go somewhere with it I just basically couldn't let it go um and hung on to it probably too long <laughs> if I'd made a switch a bit earlier I might have had a bit more interest on the on the running side um but yeah I think in terms of running in the early days probably your odds cross-country event at school probably similar to most people um doing that in sort of PE and then I think I went to one or two sort of school events as a sort of add-on to the people who actually ran properly um and that was about it really and in 2011 decided to do the Edinburgh Marathon um that was completely untrained from a running point of view but you know being fit and training regularly with football anyway uh, I figured that it should be okay um I <laughs> quite embarrassingly so I managed to do the first half of the half marathon really well so I came through around about one hour 30 I think um and in the second half I was two hours 20 so uh, I came through around about I think it was 347 was my, my time in the end which um, was, was still a good time and I was still happy with it but I really showed my sort of inexperience with running and I had no idea how to pace what sort of paces I should be running at and stuff and yeah that was a real eye-opener because I was basically stuck in bed for two or three days after I was unable to bend my knees or stand up or anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's a phenomenal pace to do and phenomenal finishing time to, to do a marathon with relatively no training. Yeah, so I've I done like the, the sort of the bare minimum you would expect. Like I think I've done maybe five or six sort of longer-ish runs, but back then that would have been talking like sort of 10 to 15k um and then that was about it beyond my football training um and it never really gave me a good insight into running because obviously when you do something like that and it's a max level effort mm -hmm. it's not really enjoyable and your body's broken for days afterwards and yeah I thought to myself that I would never do a marathon again and I never really had any sort of bug for getting into running after it so um funnily enough that was me for four years before I done my next running event um, which was the men's 10k in Edinburgh in 2015. Um, so my my brother who runs with um, with Lothian with me, he was running back then and he was taking part in the men's 10k and I thought that I could basically go along and try and hang, hang on the back and see if I could get through in a, in a good time by stick, sticking with him. Um, but that, that didn't happen. I think after about 3k I realised that I was nowhere near fit enough to do that and uh, had to basically say please leave me to stumble my way through for the remainder <laughs> um, and, and that's relative because I still came through in terms of like a strong time and that's kind of where my, my background in fitness and football kind of did show so I think in that men's 10k I was around about 41 minutes which is still a, still a really strong time yeah. and at that point I knew that I was capable of a lot more because again I never really done any proper training for it um 
but again never really got any bug for running from it it was quite strange um that was me until covid so um two events over the space of what would that would be just under 10 years um and then covid came around and basically like a lot of people um that gave me a sort of real end to running and it kind of developed from there Gave you a lot of free time, I suppose. You mentioned your brother there. I think I might have seen his name popping up when I was doing a little bit of snooping to see about race times and a bit of background for you. Um, I, I, is there a bit of brotherly competitiveness with you or has he kind of just tried to encourage you along the way as well? Uh, definitely a bit of both. Um, <laughs> we're both naturally competitive. And um, like I said, so James done quite a bit of running on his own before we joined Lothian. So he was significantly further ahead than I was um, to the point where I was doing like 5Ks on the treadmill during COVID and I was texting him saying, how on earth can you manage to run these times? Like it just doesn't even seem possible. But obviously over time when you start to develop and train properly, you can see see the progress and stuff. And yeah, it's, um, it's been really nice because I think I joined Lothian Running Club at the start of 2021 um, and he joined, I think, only maybe a couple of months behind. So pretty much the whole time that we've been in and around the club, we've been there together um, and also trained together outside of the club, which is nice as well. Do you think that maybe is what held you off uh, from from getting a running bug is because running was your brother's thing? I'm, I'm guessing football was your main thing and maybe not his thing, or is maybe that not come into the equation? Yeah, no, it's not not really. So he, he was the exact same with football and stuff. It's just he, he gave it up a little bit earlier than I did. Um, when he gave up football, he went to running and that's what I should have done. Whereas I mm. basically went to the gym and I'd done like fitness classes and tried to put on a bit of weight, which anybody who's seen me um, would laugh at that because, yeah, I weigh basically nothing and me trying to put on weight basically is <laughs> just a laughable thought. But um, yeah, I spent maybe what would that be, seven, seven years, which I did really enjoy, but it wasn't really leading anywhere or it wasn't for any real purpose. Um, it was, I was keeping fit, but there was no sort of competitive side to it and that's what I was lacking at that point. So yeah, I think it was more just decisions at that time and um, maybe a, a poor choice from me. But with the blinkers off and, and especially COVID kind of giving you a lot more free time and you needed something to do, you kind of got stuck into it as much as possible. Is that when the UKA certification came in as well or is that something that's come in the more recent time? Yeah, that was definitely later on. Um, in terms of like the COVID time, like the... I think it was the... It was like a 5K, £5 charity challenge or something that people started doing um in april 2020 just to give everybody something to do and i remember doing that on the treadmill and i done it and i was really pleased but similar to what i was saying before i knew that i could do a lot more um and then one of my other friends had suggested the 5k a day in may challenge which at that point seemed just ridiculous i just didn't think i'd be able to sort of cover that much distance and I thought well I may as well try it and give it a good go and I remember at that point thinking it was really really difficult to get through that and try and make that distance over the space of the month but by I'd say maybe the third or fourth week in, in May I was basically hooked and I just thought that this is going to carry on now um, and yeah that kind of spiraled and I think I added on roughly about 10k a month for the next year Mm-hmm. And that that took me through from 150 up to 270-ish aroundabouts. Wow. Um, and at that point, that's where I was starting to get more seriously into it. I'd, I'd already joined the club and I was kind of progressing within my own running. Um, on the coaching side, that came about strangely from a, a totally different angle. So I held athletics classes for my daughters and my nieces um, on, a, on a Friday afternoon. So they were... Um, what age would they be? Three, four, five sort of age groups. Um, I originally went to one of the local running clubs who offered kids athletics classes, um, done one class and they loved it. And we got a message the following week to say that they didn't realise that they were actually too young to take part. And it would be like another six or 12 months, whatever it was, until they could actually join. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, I just thought, well, I, I can do those for them. Um, so I've got um, the five five girls and basically ran my own little class for them. And we've done that every every week for um, about six months. 
and they loved it. I loved doing it. It gave me a little bit of sort of insight into doing. Obviously, you would you wouldn't call it coaching in terms of running sense, but you know, giving that sort of insight to kids to um, get involved and be active and give them some fun games to play and stuff. So um, yeah, that that kind of was the start of it. And I thought to myself, I could open this up to to other kids um, and make something official from it. Um, and that made me start to think about, well, I need some sort of qualifications to do that. And as well to move into doing run coaching and yeah the UK athletics opportunity came up with the coaching assistance course that they offer through Scottish athletics um I went and done that um and then yeah the following I think it was a following year I then done the, the level two qualification as well so um it was really good for me because it gave me a lot of sort of technical knowledge that I didn't have before um really benefited my personal running but also allowed me to then start understanding coaching plans and what to do with athletes and how to help them and yeah that morphed into what's now become run right where I've got the running plans the kids athletics classes and race events so it's um yeah it wasn't really planned out or or thought through it just kind of happened organically and um the more smaller steps I took the uh, sort of more opportunities opened up so it's, it's been really good. So a nice position to be in when it has been a natural sort of thing. You haven't had to basically chase something and, and maybe not get to what your dream would be. It, it's happened naturally for you. And it must be really rewarding as well, being that it's kids and now a spread of ages as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's, it's quite funny, yeah, because I, I guess if it had been like, say it had been football related and having that as my sort of main background and main passion when I was younger, it probably would have been like a more specific target or something that I wanted to do and what I imagined it to look like. Whereas because running was new to me, um, I was learning different things each week that I was going by and I just thought, well, I can keep adding to that. And yeah, naturally, it's just ended up where it has rather than sitting and writing down a full plan of this is where I want to be in a year's time um, I've still I've still got a, a full-time job which uh, which I do so the running is very much a hobby for me um, but at the same time I know that there's lots of um, opportunities and lots of um, good things that can be done in it so I just thought well I may as well start now and if it starts to develop and people are interested in it then then great I can take it forward. You must be a really busy man. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think when I think back to thinking that that 150 kma in May was like a, a horror thought in terms of the distance like I regularly do probably double or more than that now in my own running um, as well as obviously a full-time job doing coaching on the side um two kids so yeah I've got a very busy schedule but it's um it's good because I've always liked being busy and it's uh I'd feel that I need something more if I wasn't doing it. So yeah, that's a good thing. <laughs> it explains a little bit to me why you're so fast then, because you're trying to get out and back as fast as you can to then do everything <laughs> else that you have lined up for your day. Yeah, I think um, it's a funny one. So most people that know me and know my training routines, I, I prefer to get out as early as possible. And that's, that is always what's been around. Um, got lots on during the day um, in terms of work. If it's at the weekends or in the evenings, the kids have got lots on. We do stuff as family, etc. So I always try and get the sessions done and get home as, as quickly as I can. Um, that's obviously changed over the last sort of year to two years where my running has become more serious. Um, but I still like to try and do that where possible. So yeah, anybody that lives anywhere, near where I do you probably used to see me going out about five or six in the morning and <laughs> running about in the dark <laughs> might get worse as well as the girls get older you'll be on taxi duty dad's taxi duty so you're gonna have to keep <laughs> it the morning running you mentioned there about the the run right coaching and the core the, the the 5k that's kind of come about as as part and parcel of that will we see a return of that in the 2024 calendar do you know, I'm I'm not sure to be honest. It's it's something that that I loved. It was really good. I got really good feedback from everyone who attended. Um, but it does take a lot of work um, mm -hmm. to organise. Um, I I think there was there was months worth of organising that went into that event, and because I'm doing it to an extent on my own. 
Yeah. Um, obviously pulling in friends, family members, volunteers, etc. on the day, which was fantastic. But in terms of all of the organization side of it, the advertising, social media, post, all of that, I was doing all that solo, um, which is quite difficult to fit in amongst other priorities and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who pays any attention to the race calendars will know that the stride athletics held a flat and fast event which basically was was the same um around about the same time um so they obviously had a very similar idea to me we had the same venue um i think it was even the same month or a couple of weeks apart or something like that um and they're they're quite quick off the mark this year so they've got a couple of events um, i think it's april and september that they're running their events something like that um so it makes it a bit challenging then to run the same event again in the same place um i know a lot of people are interested in it but in terms of the running calendar and um opportunities to, to do race events i think people usually look for something a little bit different and putting on the same type of event as uh, as another um, company uh, could be a bit tricky. So I'm not fully set yet. I definitely will be looking into it in the future again for putting on race events, um, perhaps maybe looking to do something a little bit different um, to kind of stand out. But um, at the moment, I've not got anything planned for 2024. You scared them off. I saw how busy it was in the photos. Unfortunately, I, I couldn't get down to it, but uh, it did look like a great uptake from the community. And I'm not surprised that there's a few people kind of asking about it. But at the same time, there's scope there for people to come to you and offer their assistance in, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, I've had quite a lot of people who message, uh, sorry, who attended last year, have messaged to ask about when it's going to be this year and trying to put on the calendar and stuff. And um, I had the race event included in the Lothian Running Club um, club championships as well. So that counted towards the, the overall sort of points for the, the club awards and things. So yeah, there's um, there, there's good opportunity there to do it. Um, like I say, it's probably going to come down more to a timing thing this year, but it's early days. I think I didn't really start doing any work on it until closer to the sort of middle part of the year mm-hmm. um last year so um still plenty of time to to potentially do it and um yeah if there's enough interest and uh, i feel like i've got the time to be able to put it on then it's definitely something i'll look to do as you started off at the beginning of the chat you did say that 2024 is hopefully going to shape out to be a, a bit of a smoother year for you and you'll have your sight set on some even bigger race finishes than 2023. How do you stay so motivated firstly to kind of to have the dedication to that grind that you show all the time on your profile? But then going from there, it's it's clear that that motivation and that grind is paying dividends and especially that most significant race of last year, which I'm not going to say and leave that to you to kind of talk about um but what a, what a day that was yeah no definitely and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tough one because uh, people that are sort of close to me will know like last year because it was a bit of a rough year in terms of my personal running that did open up more time to do these things so it gave me more time in the mornings to plan events to contact people to get uh, measurement certificates to um, keep doing advertising on social media etc whereas this year because my running hopefully is going to be back on track and I'll be training well throughout the year, that, that limits the amount of time that I'll have for the additional type of um, work that I've done in 2023. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, kind of linked on to that, like you were saying, the, the, the tail end of last year, the men's 10K, that was um, the, the real big highlight of 2023 for me. Um, I'd maybe, how long was that? Maybe about a month and a half to two months of of good training following the second injury, running up to the men's 10K. And I knew that I was in a good position to to get a good time. Um, having done a couple of really solid 10K times the prior year, I wasn't really fussed about PBs. I just thought I'd looked at the prior winning times off that event for, for a couple of years in Edinburgh. And I thought, well, depending on who turns up on the day, I could have a, a shot of winning it. So I just went with the intention of just racing the event, not caring about what the times were, sitting with the, the front pack, if that was going to be a, a reasonable time and uh, and seeing how it ended up. And thankfully for me, it was, um, there was, there was quite a few guys on the day that were, that were running really well. Um, I ended up with myself and Cam Matthews, who um, I think had 
seen his name online through Strava, I think it was, through Mutual Connections. Um, I think I actually followed him before the event, so I had a rough idea of who he was and I knew that he was a strong runner, so thankfully I, the both of us ran together really well through about 8k um, and at that point I just thought, this is probably my only chance of winning a big event for quite a while so <laughs> I'm going to have to give this a real go, so at 8k which I normally wouldn't do I decided to to really kick on and to see if I could hold a solid pace to the end, which thankfully I managed. So, yeah, that was a that that was a fantastic day for me. I'd never experienced anything like that before, and it's nice having um I had my my family and stuff in the in the crowd at Murrayfield and had some nice videos and stuff recorded, which are nice to look back on as well. So, yeah, that's uh, definitely something that I'll be chasing a lot more to. Um, I want to be as competitive as possible in events and, and get good times, but. Um, it's always nice to actually get a win. <laughs> what better feeling, as you say, to to win a home race? And you're you're an Edinburgh runner, so that must that must have just kind of elevated it even more. Oh, definitely, and it's nice because that race has obviously got a really good finish. You're coming into Murrayfield, and you've got the crowd there and stuff. But it, it was a bit of a strange one because you know when when you come in first, like it's, it's it was silent. Because they don't really, they don't know, you know, no one's been in yet. And they don't know where people are coming in. So it kind of went from being like really quiet to then hearing everyone sort of cheering and screaming, which was really nice. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really good feeling. And it was really nice having my family around as well, because um, I do, I put a lot of effort in my running. So it's nice to get, to get something back from it as well. I know what you mean with that, because I, uh, I was lead cyclist for the, the Baxter's 10K a number of years ago. Uh, and I had a, a, one of the local runners follow me quite closely. But as you get to the finish, nobody knows who you are. They just see someone cycling and they don't know to kind of get G'd up that the lead racer is is on their way. And yeah. it's only as the first maybe five or six start coming in that, that, that it starts building a lot more. So you kind of feel for those guys that are coming in first and not really getting the celebration as much as they deserve. Yeah, and, and to be honest, like, I, I didn't really notice or feel it very much at all. It was more watching back the videos that you can see and hear. Um, but yeah, I'd also seen a few of other guys who who attended that day and their their videos they shared. And the def- there was a difference in atmosphere for all of the other, other runners coming through, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice when I was doing a bit of a, a, a scroll that I was surprised that your, your 10K there wasn't your fastest time. It is south of the border and you're maybe a little bit further down the, the finishing order there, but is that maybe something you're going to, to look to to drive for this year's 10K? I'm, I'm assuming you're going back for the men's 10K to, as a defending champion uh, to maybe try and push that a bit more or is that maybe not in the in the scope for this year? Um, uh, to be honest, I don't know if I will do the, the men's 10K again. Um, the... The event was great, and it was it was like I say it was an amazing experience to to get uh to get a win. But for me, being in events where there's a lot of faster runners in there, and you can help get pulled along, it benefits a lot more. Um, so I think this year, um, unless anything changes, I'm more likely to try and prioritise races that I know that there's going to be people running really really fast times, and yeah, I'm not going to be able to get near them, but. Hopefully I'll be in some sort of group or crowd behind them that'll help me go along and maybe knock 10, 15, 20 seconds off, off my time. So yeah, it's, um, that, that's probably more the approach that I'll have for, for this year, I think. It's more about competition for you than necessarily silverware. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, like it's, it's nice, it's nice to win an event, and um, don't get me wrong. If I could do that every week, I would. It was, <laughs> it was a great, it was a great feeling. But at the same time, like I, I, I don't really take much competition um from from others. Like I, I really just sort of compete with myself in terms of my own times, my own abilities, and things. Um, because there's always going to be people that are faster than you. It doesn't matter what bracket you're in. Even the guys that are right at the top, you know. A month later, they might find themselves further down the pecking order. So, um, yeah, there's there's hundreds of people that are a lot faster than I am. And if I can keep chipping away and um, getting closer to those people, it'll put me in a stronger position. So, um, yeah, that's that's kind of my approach to it. And hopefully this year, I've got a good feeling that with a bit more knowledge behind me in terms of how I should be training, things I should be avoiding, etc. Then staying free of injury should hopefully lead me to getting some solid PBs this year. I did spot that on, I think it was the the Great Scottish Run, the half marathon. You were lined yeah. up against, is it Callum Hawkins? And I know his name's Hawkins, his second name's Hawkins, but 
Yeah. I've seen him in the past on TV, an elite runner, and you're lined up against him on the in the first kind of two, three rows. That that must be great to kind of have that feeling of, as you say, you're chasing the elites, you're chasing these awesome athletes, and you're to my standards, an awesome awesome athlete as well. But just to have that level of athlete in and around you, it must pay dividends to to your own progress. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's it's really cool because you know kind of going back to it, coming from a football background, you'd never get the opportunity to be in and around like elite <laughs> level football players. Whereas if you put yourself forward for these types of events, like people do at the cross country, um, you know, you've got um, like Andy Butchart and Laura Muir and Jake Whiteman and all those people were turning up to the, the cross countries and you're in the same event as them, which is, which is great. Obviously you're not going to be anywhere near them, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it's, it's even nice just to think that it creates a bit of a buzz for the event. And yeah, I think the, the Glasgow half marathon that was quite nice because there was a lot of really strong runners at the front and um, I think I ended up with uh, I didn't make my sort of goal time but um, I hadn't done a half marathon competitively prior to that so um, basically I'm looking to build on that Glasgow one this year I've got a couple of well I've got the Bath half marathon in March and then I'm planning on doing the Amsterdam half marathon in October so yeah plan is to, to chip away at that PB and try and get a really a really strong time over that distance my eyes have just lit up there because I don't know. I don't know if you're familiar with with what I did last year, but I ran the Amsterdam Marathon, and the half came in. It just starts after the marathon. Mm-hmm. That'll be a fast course for you. You're going to have fun there. Yeah, it should be. It should be really good. My um, my brother uh, James and my coach Owen from from Lothian there already signed up to do the full marathon. Um, but um, I couldn't be convinced to to do the full distance. So I thought, well, it'll be a natural sort of build on from the bath um effort in March to see if I can then chip off more time. So yeah, the half marathon is going to be hopefully a good one for me. Um, the guys have already said similar to what you've mentioned there that the the marathon should be done and then the half starts so a bit of support on the course as well which will be really nice so yeah that's that's what the plan is at this stage i would say from course knowledge you'll have the better day it's with them doing the marathon you get to the canal and it gets a little bit tedious then it's a long old drag there whereas for you you've got a nice bit of amsterdam a bit of scenery and i say very very flat very fast um, course to get around so no best of luck on that it does uh, segue quite well because I, I was wanting to kind of almost draw it to a close with what your goals are this year and you've, you've started that that there with the discussion um, from your running goals and I suppose from your coaching goals as well what are the the big kind of spotlights that you want to tick off um, well, I've start with the coaching one. So it's this has been the first year that I've started offering running plans to people. Um, I would use the sort of term coaching loosely in that it's it is it was designed to be sort of um, more plan based. So um, it's not quite as intensive uh, as a service that you would see from from other providers and stuff but um, I'm hoping to develop that a bit further and do a bit of uh, more work offer a couple of additional sort of levels of service uh, around coaching Um, I think I've had somewhere between 30 and 40 people come through doing the the running plans this year which is amazing because like I said it was just something on the side that I thought if I can help a handful of people with either getting into running or maybe getting a a bit closer to their goal times and that would be positive but I've had uh, a couple of um, people that are that have really sort of provided really nice feedback at uh, early days and that gave me a real boost and I just thought oh this is actually really useful to people so yeah I'll, I'll look to continue doing the the running plans build on it a bit more and maybe offer a bit more way of service around that um, and then in terms of my running basically I think as long as I stay fit uh, a clean slate of um, PBs this year should be the uh, should be the target. Um, there's a couple which will be difficult to to, to achieve, but um, I'm covering more volume now than what I was doing before. Um, I know a bit more. I'm sort of training better, um, being a bit more smart in terms of <laughs> things that I'm avoiding that I would have done in the past as well. And um, yeah, hopefully that'll lead to. Uh, some strong races um, or even even just a change in approach from I, I used to sign up for a race and then basically try and plan um, together with Owen my coach around 
getting a PB at that event, whereas now I'm kind of taking a more sort of process um, view and just making sure I'm doing all the right things. And if I do that, then the, the times will follow, hopefully. Fantastic. But I did see, I think it was one of the athletics pages. I was so surprised and I had my blinkers on and I saw 5K, but it was in brackets park run. And according to that, your park run PB is still 18 minutes and 40 seconds or something. <laughs> and then you scroll up and you see your actual 5K time. So maybe you need to get yourself down to a park run as well and, and set that straight. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I'm just being silly on this, but the Livingston one doesn't seem to show up. I'm not sure if there's a reason right. for that. But um, okay. yeah, I, th- I think at Livingston, I, I've done round about 16 40 maybe but yeah compared to my actual pb over 5k it's not um it's not close so yeah maybe i'll go to a, a fast park run one day and see uh see if i can get a time recorded there <laughs> maybe, maybe while you're over in amsterdam that's starting to take off <laughs> yeah that sounds like a good plan i've got the the five the scottish 5k championships that's a that's a huge race event and um, that's on the, on the calendar each year so i'm hoping that on the back of a successful half marathon in march i can then roll into doing some specific training around 5k and then have a good go at it there so fingers crossed that'll be a one for me to share on on social media spot on and just with social media in mind where can listeners find you if they're interested to a follow your personal account but also follow the run right coaching and maybe contact you for plans yeah so so on instagram my account is david right 1989 um i i've used that one funnily enough i actually started it just to give myself some accountability um Mm -hmm. so back when i started doing the running in covid i thought there's going to be days that I don't want to do this and I'm more likely to cancel or, or or not go out. But I thought if I do a post pretty much every day and say what I'm going to do, it will kind of hold me to it. And basically that's where the profiles developed from online. Um, I got to a point where I felt I didn't need that anymore and I probably went a little bit quieter on, on the profile. But um, I've, I've met and spoken to so many um, great people through having that Instagram page and it's really opened up a lot of friendships and a lot of connections in the running scene as well, which is really nice. So, um, yeah, if anybody's interested to get in contact with me, that's my my personal, well, it's my running page yeah. <laughs> rather, than my, rather than my personal one. But um and for doing any coaching, you'll you'll find the links on there. It's it's run right. So on Instagram, it's run dot right, um, and that's got some info around the the running plans, the race events, and some cool uh, reels of the kids' athletics classes and stuff as well. So that's uh, that's the main areas of um, contact. Fantastic. That's been a bit of a whistle stop. I'm also conscious that you've got family time as well, but that's been really informative for me and it's been great to to speak to you, David, today. Yeah, no, thank you very much for having me on. Um, I thought I thought I was going to get some more um, focus on the dodgy hairstyles. And, uh, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming that's coming from Jason as well. But... It is, yes. And yeah. uh, I mean, I, I, I don't tend to, to give away who's coming up on a season, but you'd be glad to know. Jace is meant to be coming on this season as, as someone who's follically challenged himself. I wasn't really <laughs> going to bring hairstyles into it. <laughs> well, it's a funny, funny story, maybe just to, to finish. He, so actually, I've met, like I said, on my Instagram page, I've met so many people through the running community and it's been fantastic that way. But I actually knew Jason from football years ago. Um, mm. We both played in a charity football match um, in Edinburgh at the Hib Stadium together. Um I think I was 17 then so uh, it was quite it was quite a while ago uh, and then yeah lo- totally lost contact after that and then until a running page popped up about what was that 14 15 years later um, and then since then I've seen him at a couple of events he's came and done the run right 5k so I, I think that type of thing's great it's nice uh, making our um, bringing connections together again like through just having social media pages and yeah hopefully uh see Jason and a few of the other people as well at events going forward that, that I speak to quite regularly. Oh, fantastic. And it'll be good to have Jason because he's making massive strides in his own running too, which I think it's mostly him running away from me because he knows <laughs> I'm getting closer to his tail. So, <laughs> oh, Definitely. And it's nice because I think like profiles like yourself, Jason, like there's so many people in, in that same group of mutual connections that we've all got that are so inspiring on the running scene that um, I'm pretty sure lots of people that I've never 
done any running before if they spent five ten minutes looking through the posts it would really get them interested in giving it a go joining a club going to a park run etc so yeah i think the more that we all collectively do that hopefully it encourages more and more people to get into running well i hope you enjoy the rest of your evening but fingers crossed 2024 is a lot smoother than last year was and we'll be looking forward to seeing your your times tumble nice one thank you very much and good luck to you as well hope it goes well Cheers, thanks. As I said before the interview rolled, David has always presented a really inspirational front on social media. His dedication to steady and regular improvement is something that I feel everyone can associate with and aspire towards. Thank you once again to David for joining me as a guest and all the best for the coming season. Just maybe try to keep both shoes on at future events though, pal. Hop over to his profile for a little laugh and more context on that one. We're ever so close to the end of the episode though. Before I wrap things up, I did say I'd set a new question for this week. So this week, I want to know if you could run with anyone, athlete, celebrity or fellow community member you haven't or don't regularly run with? Who would it be? For athletes and celebrities, they can be historic figures, if you so wish. Let's say, for example, you fancied running with the OG marathon man himself, Fidipides. Let me know in comments, in DMs, on email, and I will, of course, also have it up on social media. But that's us for another episode Thank you all for tuning in once again. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe, enjoy your runs, and you'll, as always, hear from me soon.